friends, welcome to Annie's Pink Chair, where we bring real, raw, relevant issues to the table from a woman's perspective with wit and wisdom. And I am Annie Lobert, and I'm here today to share with you a wonderful guest that I met at a conference, and I'm just so blown away by her. She is the most precious, sweetest, fierce woman of God. And, and I just want to tell you about my friend. She was on the show, if you've ever watched it, Survivor. Now, I, in the very beginning of that show, was a huge, huge fan. And I was like obsessed with Survivor for the first couple seasons. I was like, who's going to win? Oh my gosh, it's so much money. And anyway, I want to tell you more about her. She's a radical Christian conservative who is not programmed, categorized, or easily referenced. Born in the Soviet Union during the Cold War. She immigrated to the United States with her family at four years old. After high school, she launched a career as a professional poker player. Like, really? Wow, I love poker. Okay, so this, this is my girl right here. <laughs> Where she made it all the way to the World Series of Poker. Her love for games of strategy landed her a role as a contestant in the CBS hit television series Survivor 2016. A profound encounter don't we love encounters, you guys? Encounter with God led her to change her faith, her life, and her politics. She became a Christian conservative with a passionate love for this, for this country and began working as an undercover journalist. Okay, this is really like 007 stuff, right? For Project Veritas and other similar organizations. She is an active patriot, speaker, writer, and a voice for truth and freedom for this generation. Hi, Anna. Welcome to Annie's Pink Chair. I'm so Annie, happy I'm, you're here today. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. You are a doll yourself. It was such an honor <laughs> to meet you a few weekends ago. I'm so happy to be here. Wow. I feel like we're twinning because of our names, because Anna... And Annie, it means grace. And remember what I told you when I met you? It's like this base derivative, not derivative, but that our name is, is Hebrew. It's based on Hannah, which, which is so cool. Um, I love her story, by the way, in the Bible, because she like was desperate to have her child and like, I feel like this is like just a blessing to that God chose us for such a time as this to have that name Anne. So, Amen. I agree. You know, it's so interesting because when I wasn't saved, when I was younger, I used to always complain to my mom, "Mom, why didn't you name me Anastasia? It's such, it's such a beautiful <laughs> name." I, when people would ask me what my name is, I would say Anastasia. When I was a kid, I mean, I was lying to them. When I got older and I got saved, the Lord told me. I heard Him so clearly. He said, "Look up what your name means." And I thought, okay, Anna, Anna's so boring, but okay, look it up. It means beauty, favor, and grace. And mm. from then on, I said, Lord, I love my name. And my last name, Kate, in Hebrew, it's Chayit, means crowned. So, okay, you're gonna, this. you're gonna, whoa, whoa, this is so good. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Your name means beauty, grace, favor. And, favor. and favor. Okay. And then your last name means crowned. Okay. You're going to trip out when I tell you. So when I was a little, just this isn't about me, but we'll talk later. Um, my mom used to call me Anastasia. And I'd be like, what's Anastasia? She'd be like, you're a princess, Anastasia. 
And I'm like, oh, yay, I'm a princess. But mom, I don't like my name. I don't like the name Annie. I can't stand the name. But my name's Annie Laurie. So Annie means grace, obviously, what you just said. But Laurie means crown, a laurel crown of royalty. So isn't that crazy? So I really feel, do you know how God connects people? It's just like inevitable we were going to meet one day. You know, I'm just really curious, like your desire to play and strategize games, you know, playing poker. How did this all start with you? Like, how did you get involved with the poker series, obviously, and Survivor? What happened? Yeah, I was always very competitive as a kid. I played a lot of sports as a child, basketball, tennis, softball. When I was about 17 years old, I was playing handball in Brooklyn, New York is where I'm from. And they had a game there. They, they were playing a poker game. They invited me to come play. I was 17 and we were just playing for, you know, a dollar or two dollars. And I really loved the game. I thought it was interesting. I went home and I Googled it and I realized it's a strategy game. And I, I caught the, you, you call it the poker bug and I caught the stronghold poker bug of, of, of this game. And it became an, a, not, not just an obsession. It, it became just something I really wanted to do professionally full time. So I would study ever since I was 17, when I got into college, which by the way, poker supported me through college, paid my rent, paid for my computer, paid for my books, paid for everything. And I worked as a waitress. So that was, you know, another way to make the poker was always lucrative. So I thought to myself, I want to play professionally. I remember telling my high school sweetheart, we were together for seven years. I told him, I said, one day I'm going to get on the show Survivor and one day I'm going to be a professional poker player. And he looked at me in the face and he goes, that's never going to happen. <laughs> and then sure enough, years later, 10 years later, I was the first female poker player on the show Survivor and was able to you know, accomplish a dream of mine, two dreams of mine. And poker and Survivor are very similar because it's a game of competition. It's a game, it's a game of psychology, discerning people. And I didn't realize it then, but I operate in the discernment of spirits, which is why I was fascinated with poker and fascinated with Survivor and knowing the enemy's cards that he's holding in his hand. Wow. And so that I like that you say discernment and some people that are listening and watching right now might think, what does she mean by that? Because maybe if you're not saved, you don't, you can't have discernment, but you know, the gifts are given without repentance. So what, what would you consider discernment if somebody in the world didn't understand what discernment is? What would you describe it as? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, exactly what you said in the Bible, you, you gifts come without repentance. So even when I wasn't saved and I was an atheist, I would have, I would just know deep down in, in, inside of me, what this person's thinking, what this person has in their hands, what this person's strategy is. It's just a knowing sometimes I would even hear certain aspects that they're actually thinking. And it freaked my friends out because I would literally sometimes hear what they were thinking. And then I read the Bible and I found out that Jesus would hear people's thoughts. He would know the intentions of their heart. And it's a deep knowing. You don't know how you know, but you just know that this person doesn't like you. You just know that this person said that about you and you'll know the exact sentence. For some reason, you know, it's it's a discernment of spirits. Amen. So it's 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 an amazing gift. It can be used I love for it. good or for evil. But oh, you know, yeah. using it for God's mm. glory is awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then you you end up going on the World Series of Poker, and then what was the next step? Did did you just did you try out for Survivor, or 
did they approach you or what happened? Yeah, so I tried out. Okay. And it was a long process. I remember for me, I tried out, I sent in my audition tape and it wasn't that good. I just knew it wasn't good. So I knew I had to go to a live casting call. So one of my friends told me back in 2015, actually 2014, Anna Survivor's doing tryouts tomorrow in Atlantic City in Caesars Casino, which is where I lived because I was playing poker full time. And I ran to this casino in the morning and there was a six hour line with all these people trying out for the show. And this is all across the country, many, many times a month for, for many months. And I thought, okay, there's no shot. There's so many amazing people I've met online and they've never got a phone call. They've never got an email back from Survivor. So a week, I should say a month after I tried out, which I thought, by the way, I messed up because I kind of started stumbling on my words at the end. I got very nervous. They ended up calling me a month later and I thought it was a prank call. They're like, hey, this is Survivor. I said, okay, okay, okay. Which one of my friends paid you to do this? Because this isn't funny. This is not funny at all. And they're like, no, 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 Anna, this is Survivor. And I almost hung up on them, Annie. Almost hung up on them. They're like, no, it's Survivor. This is Caitlin with Survivor and producer. Don't hang up the phone. And sure enough, I was fortunate enough and by the grace of God, got on my favorite show. Gosh, what was that like? Like, I really was curious because I know that they take you to a, a secure, non-shared location. So like a place where no one knows you guys all get on a transportation, maybe separately. I don't know how it works, but I know you're probably not able to share exactly. Because I know that they they have like a gag order on certain things that Survivor does, right? So how did that happen? Yeah, there are certain things we cannot share, but Mm -hmm. obviously it's public. I was in Cambodia and actually before I flew out, it was leaked, the contestants, and it was leaked where we were going. So obviously all my friends were calling me, Poker News were calling me, are you on the show? And all I could say was I can't confirm nor deny I can't say anything. So yeah, I mean, what's amazing is that we we had a layover in China, and when we got to Cambodia, we didn't we thought we were in Cambodia, but we weren't sure because they didn't let us look on the screens. They blindfolded us when we. I mean, it was like a whole. It was like a movie. They blindfolded us when we got to the island. We still weren't really sure where we were until the day that we started the show. And by the way, the show is so legitimate that. Us contestants, we do not talk to one another until the cameras are rolling. So we don't know each other's names. We don't know where each other comes from. We see each other. We're, we're, we're making first impressions on one another, but we don't. We cannot talk to one another. We would only go chaperone. So if we went to the bathroom, we would go with a chaperone. They would make sure we're not talking to each other in in the in the um, in the bathrooms or anywhere. So literally, when the when the show starts filming, Jeff Probst is on the boat where we first started the first seen the, the first episode, that was when we were allowed to finally talk and get to know each other. And so it's it's a really great show. And I got to tell you one more thing. I, ha- I have friends who've done reality television, reality shows. They said, Anna, most reality shows are fake. They're totally scripted. They're totally planned. They want this drama. Please fight with this one. You do that. You do that. They're mostly 50, more than 60% fake. Mm-hmm. Survivor, I, believe that. I have to tell yes. you, is so real. There's no script. We filmed it once. They didn't tell me what to say. I was myself. 
And so that's what I really loved about Survivor. It was legitimate, authentic. You don't even need to have a script because the situation that you're in, you're not eating, you're not sleeping, you're stuck with these people, you have to vote someone out. There's all this paranoia, all this jealousy, all this worry, all this anxiety. So it leads to a show on its own. You don't need to give any script to anyone. Yeah, I, I'm curious, like, you said a lot of anxiety and worrying. How did you sleep at night? Like, how did that look? And were you afraid people were going to sabotage you at night or anything like that? I did think about people sabotaging my, my clothes because there's people in Survivor that have done that. But I was very fortunate with my tribe. They were awesome. I love each and every single one of them. Sleeping was the hardest part of the show. It's interesting because during the day, I didn't under I didn't realize this, but I had a supernatural strength. I kept saying on the show, I feel my mom is praying for me. I know my mom is praying for me. I knew it. I knew that I knew that it was discernment, right? I knew my mom was praying for me with her friends and I felt such energy and it was like really easy. It was surprisingly easy for me. And and maybe because I, you know, I would always do um I would always out fast. I would do um what is it called? Uh not transcendental fasting, but I I forgot the name of it. But anyway, I I fast and I competitive and I thought it wasn't so hard. The nighttime sleeping was the hardest part of the show because you're sleeping on raw bamboo, raw bamboo. And you all night long, you hear this on a all night long. They do not give you mosquito repellent. I was wearing shorts. It was freezing. I'm you're sleeping on bamboo. By the way, the bamboo. No blankets. No, no blankets, blankets, right? It was body heat. That was our blanket. The first night it was raining. It was freezing. And I remember my teeth were chattering. And I heard all of them, all my, my whole team as well. So we decided, hey, can we like, do you guys mind if I hug you? I'm, I have a wife. I'm really sorry, but I'm just, I'm freezing. And so we hovered it. We, we, we laid side by side. We were spooning one another. And that's how we all fell asleep. We were freezing cold. Wow. That's, that's incredible. What about spiders? Because I was thinking on the bamboo, a spider could just creep up on you when you're trying to sleep because you can't see anything because it's nighttime. And I'm just like, ah, nightmares about spiders. And what about, what about, um, the, the, the long ones with the legs, the, the, the centipedes, what? Yeah. And then also any scorpions, were there any scorpions in Cambodia? Great question. I didn't see any scorpions. I didn't see spiders. I'm not afraid of them. Um, but I, I'll tell you what I did see. I did see a massive snake skin oh. in the morning when I woke up right mm. by the bed. And I actually felt it was moist. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, this is like a day old. <laughs> this is not this is like less than a day old. This is there's a snake in this midst. So what was interesting and, and crazy, one of our um, one of the contestants on the show, her name is Jennifer. She slept. She didn't want to sleep with the tribe. So she took a raft raft and she put it on the water and she slept there. I mean, it was tied up so she didn't go anywhere, but it's ill-advised to sleep on ground level. You want to be elevated. The reason is, is because bugs and creepy crawly things walk on the ground. So you want to be elevated. She didn't listen. She slept on the raft and she woke up in the morning and she felt something moving inside her ear. Annie, oh my, my goodness. An earwig? Two days. What, what the- Two days. It was some kind of little worm Two days, she was screaming in pain. Everyone thought she was crazy. Turns out a doctor finally came, looked in her ear, put a solution in there, and it crawled right out. It was, it's, it's all on the show. It's all documented. She was in so much pain, and she didn't sleep on the raft anymore. Oh, I got the chills. She was sleeping elevated. 
Wow. It's Crazy. really insane because that you saw that snake skin and you're like, okay, there's a snake amidst the camp in the tribe somewhere, right? So let's let's fast forward. Obviously, you know, so ever got done and you didn't win the, is it a million dollars or is it fit? Million dollars. Is it a million? First, yeah. yeah. So, but then moving forward, you you just said earlier to me, wow, God spoke to me. He spoke to me and that's where I discovered he's real because you're prior a devout atheist, right? You didn't believe in God. So can you tell us how that happened? Yeah, I was an atheist. I mocked God all the time. I tortured my mother, literally, because she got saved in America when we came here when I was four. So it was an audible voice. I heard it really clear inside me. And it was it was it was a male voice. And I heard it was the last day of the show. I didn't know it was God. I didn't realize until later. So I was standing there. I remember looking at the fire and I was about to go to tribal council. I wish I had a Moses experience where, you know, it was like a burning bush. But I was looking at a real fire and I'm looking at it. And I hear this so clear. You are going home tonight. <gasps> is what I, I heard. just got chills. I, mean, I just got chills. Ooh, me too. I, I was mm. I was devastated because I thought, no, no, no. And I was arguing with the voice. No, 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 no. Ty's going to save me. He has immunity. He has a, a hidden immunity idol. He's going to save me. We're going to be fine. I'm going to go. And, but in my, in my stomach, in the innermost being, I knew that I knew that I knew that I was going home. And so even when Jeff asked me in tribal council, what's the chance of you going home? I said, 50, 50, but I'm, it's a really good chance I am. Because I knew when I heard that voice, I only knew later it was God. And I want to say this also, Annie, the Lord fed an atheist supernaturally with a fish. (laughs) This is an amazing story because this is about the fifth day in. I am starving. We barely have any food. Everyone's eating the chickens. I'm a a pescatarian. I only eat fish and seafood, um, but I don't eat chickens or meat or anything like that. So I was starving. And I remember crying out in the morning and saying, Oh, I really want food. God, if you can give me some food, that'd be great. You know, obviously when you, even when you're an atheist and you need prayer or you need help, you cry out for God. For some reason, we just go to God anyway. <laughs> so I said, God, I really want some food. I'm starving. And so they're all about to chop up the chicken. And my friend Ty went on for a, went for a stroll and he's walking around by the water. He runs back to the camp screaming my name. And he runs up with a little fish. It's about a medium-sized fish. Actually, it's pretty mm-hmm. small, but in Cambodia, it's a, it's, it's a great piece of fish. It's a medium fish. <laughs> He's like, yeah, the weirdest thing just happened. The weirdest thing just happened. I don't understand it. I'm walking by the water, and all of a sudden, this fish just jumps out of the water and lands right in front of my feet. Here's your dinner. <laughs> that is and amazing. I, 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 wow, wow. That kind of reminds me when Jesus was... You know, when, yeah. when, when he said, go to the, go to the water, get the fish and open up the mouth and there's going to be a coin inside of it. Supernatural vision, you know, supernatural Just, vision. I want to say this because you never want to eat a fish that's already dead because you don't know if right. it was poison. You don't know if it was sick. You always yes. want to see the fish die in front of you. That I love you know sushi girl. I love sushi. Mm-hmm. So, you know, <laughs> I just had some last night, but wow, that is incredible. So then what ended up happening? Cause you left and then like, you're like, that was God. How did your, cause you do ministry now. So how did that happen? And how did you like realize that Jesus is real? Like this is super exciting. Yeah. Oh man. It was, it, it was very exciting for me. Uh, well, when I got back from the show, I filmed it in 2015. It aired 2016 in February. So when I got back from filming in 2015, it was in May of 2015. Um, I, 
one morning, it was really strange. One morning I woke up and my addiction to poker was gone. My addiction to survivor was gone. It was the weirdest thing because all I did was obsess and think about those two. And right. the Lord allowed me to do it. And now it's like change of pace. And so for some weird reason, I had a passion, passion, desire for politics. All I could think about, all I wanted to do was read political books. It was the weirdest thing because I'm very apolitical my whole life. Mm -hmm. And also mm -hmm. I'm reading these books and I'm reading Tom Sowell and I'm reading, you know, Ben Shapiro and I realize I'm a conservative. And sure enough, Donald candidate Trump goes down the escalator and what he's saying really resonates with me. And I, I just know the media is lying to me, discernment of, of, of spirits. I knew the media was lying to me. And, and so I ended up endorsing um, Donald Trump and I lost all my friends, got me, you know, attacked by the media because I was the only person from reality television who supported Donald candidate, Donald Trump. And so my show is airing. And while it's airing, I decided to do that. I lost my friends. Anyway, I kind of went down the rabbit hole. And one morning I just thought about, it. I said, if Satanists are real and they're really sacrificing children and there's sex trafficking going on around the country, you know, that means that Satan is real. And if Satan is real, that means God is real. And I just said, God, if you're real, show me you're real. And sure enough, two weeks later, I was invited on this um, survivor tour. We were going to different high schools, junior high schools, and even some universities to talk about stay away from drugs, stay away from drinking, stay away from this and that and bullying. Right. And it was a beautiful tour. And this one gentleman comes up to me and says, you've been wondering if God is real and God is real. And um, you felt the Holy Spirit before. Wow. And I said, what? I know I never felt the Holy Spirit. He said, yes, you did. Something happened to you that you never forgot. And I thought about it. And I'm thinking, hmm. Girl, he had a word of knowledge for you. Mm. He had a that word of knowledge. Good. And I mm -hmm. remembered 10 years before when mm. I was 18 years old, I convinced all my friends in high school, all my Jewish friends in high school, because I have a Jewish last name, so I'm half Jewish, to go on a free trip to Israel. It's called Birthright. We went on the trip and it was one of the last days of the trip where I had a supernatural experience. I never knew what it was. And here's what happened. I'm 18. I'm standing at something called the Western Wall. If you know, that's the last piece of God's holy right. temple that was broken down in 72 AD when the Romans destroyed that temple right after Jesus was crucified. And so here I am standing at the wall. And this is what I sent Annie. I said, look at these idiots praying to a God that doesn't exist. Now, mind you, this is God's grace. This is how much he loves you because he could have shot me with lightning right there and I would have deserved hell. Instead, it's, it's kind of hard to explain in words, but I, I felt it and I knew it. It was like the heavens opened up on top of my head. And all of a sudden I felt a spirit of love just sit on me and pour all over me. It was like honey. And I felt the most amazing emotions, joy, happiness, exhilaration. I felt euphoria. And I, right. I, and I don't know why I say this, but times each emotion by like 10,000. It was absolutely incredible. And I didn't know what it was until I'm talking to this gentleman. And he says, that was the Holy Spirit. And I just knew God was real. I gave my life to Jesus. I said, Jesus, forgive me of all my sin. Cleanse me. I want to know you. I know you're Lord. And I want, your, I want you to be the God of my life. And, and literally, Annie, all of my anxiety, all of my depression, everything on my shoulders that was weighing me down, which is actually sin as well. I literally felt it lift off of me. I felt free. Mm. I felt unchained. I felt, whoa, I felt liberated. I was wow. like, this is awesome. He completely transformed my life. And he told me, because um, I asked him, I said, Lord, am I going to go to medical school? Because that's what I was going to go do before I decided to play poker for a year and see how it went. 
And I heard the Lord say, you can go to medical school if you want to, but you will be doing full-time mm. ministry. Wow. Praise God. Yeah. So what, ha I mean, what do you do? Because we only have two minutes left and I want you to talk about what you do. We'll have to have you come back on because this is so good. I, I'm like getting all fired up. What is your ministry and how can people get in touch with you? Sure. It's Gathering Bride Ministries. You can email me at gatheringbride at gmail.com. Gatheringbride okay. at gmail.com. And what is Gathering Bride? What do you do? Oh, that's so good. Well, you know, when I got <laughs> saved, when, 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 I, when I received Jesus that day, on the next day, I, I took a flight to my sister's house. And the entire time the Lord was speaking to me, he had messages for different people, my sister, my brother, my family. I, it was like a download of information. And I was writing everything down in my phone, actually. And I, all these messages, they're like, how did you know this? How did you know that? How did you know that? There's no way you'd know that. And praise God, it was the Lord. And so I heard the Lord say, I want you to gather the Christians and I had no idea what it meant. And I said, Lord, you picked the wrong seat on this airplane because I don't know any Christians at all. I mean, if I walk into a church, I'll probably, you know, be caught on fire because I'm just so not a Christian. And so um, and, and so when I got saved, I mean, sorry, a few, few years later, the Lord put it in my spirit, gathering bride, gathering the Christians. He's we're gathering the bride. So it's all about mm. gathering the bride around the world, preparing the bride for the days to come and also preparing a bride that is glorious for his return. So it's equipping the bride. It's um, it's loving on the bride, connecting the bride before our king's return. I love it. And so how can people get a hold of you on like social media as well? Sure. Twitter, it's just my name, Anna Kate, Anna, A-N-N-A-K-H-A-I-T. You will find me there. On Instagram, I am real Anna Kate because I have a lot of fakes. Um, on Facebook, it's official Anna Kate, but it's YouTube as well. I'm on YouTube. I minister on YouTube until they kick me off. I'll make a new one because YouTube actually helped me lead uh, to find Jesus as well with the Satanism and the, everything I saw on YouTube. So I minister to YouTube. There's a lot of youth there that need to hear how God yes. is awesome, how they can be freed of depression, freed of suicidal thoughts. It's by yes. the name of Jesus. That's so awesome, Anna. Thank you so much for coming on today. I, I just feel like there's such a great connection, but also you, you are so good with explaining and telling your story and sharing your heart. You're a wonderful person. And I thank you so much for coming on our show. And I can't wait to see you in person, hopefully soon. Hi, Annie. I just adore you. I love you. And I bless you. And I bless everyone Me watching too. this program as well. Love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, dear friends. Annie here. Did you know that we have a nonprofit that serves sex trafficking victims? And how did this come about? Well, that was so simple for me because I am a former trafficking victim of more than a decade in Las Vegas. I had two different traffickers that almost destroyed me and ravaged my soul. But by the grace of God, I sit in this chair today and I can testify that Jesus is real and that my complex trauma and all the pain that I endured got totally solved by the love of God. And I wanted to share this today because we have a home called the Destiny House where ladies can dream, discover, and develop into God's perfect destiny He has planned for them. And this is not free, but the girls 
the clients we have never get charged, but it's not free for us to operate it. We have staff, 24-7 staff. We have trauma therapy, equine therapy. The ladies eat great big meals at the tables together. They go to trauma counseling. They have group therapy counseling. They go to addiction classes. They end up signing up for a vocation college, and then they end up getting a job before they leave our program. I am asking you, the one who's watching this, the one who's listening, to please consider to partner with us. You can go to pinkchair.com and click on donate. Please partner with us.